Good day, crime talk aficionados. The Delphi plot thickens. Lori Vallow goes to court. Ruby Frankie gets sentenced by the judge. More prosecutors are having ethical troubles with their work related to the Barry Morphew case and our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Hi, lawyer. 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 Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Yes, after a long day of flying, we are back here at the Crime Talk studios located in Denver, Colorado. Thanks for joining us. All right, you know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't, like if you do, leave me a comment below, and hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps as well. All right, let's go ahead and open the record for February 21st, 2024. And first on the docket, the Delphi murder thickens. Now, the Delphi murders, well, little doubt is being raised over this suspect who's been charged with the brutal double slain and claims that Libby German was almost decapitated when she was killed alongside her friend Abby Williams. Now, there's been very few details of the girl's cause of death that have actually been released over the last six years since the murders back in February of 2017. However, there is a new documentary, and uh, the documentary includes claims that Libby was nearly beheaded out of rage, and the admission was seen in texts from someone on the scene that later leaked online. Whoever did it, apparently, according to this person, targeted Libby for sure, but she fought like hell. So back in October of 2022, police made their first major breakthrough with the arrest of Richard Allen. As you know, he's been charged and trials supposed to go in October. He had that little drama with the judge and his old attorneys who are now his new attorneys. So things are going on there. However, this documentary instead points to a new killer. Well, if you've been following this story like us, you know he's not a new killer suspect. He was always a suspect. Then he died, and then Richard Allen came in, but we've talked about him. Anyway, the man who owned the property where the girls' bodies were discovered, Ron Logan. And guess who's saying he did it? His ex-girlfriend. Now, Logan died in January of 2022 and was one of the first suspects that the police looked into, and he made several appearances uh, in the media after the murders, and uh, he gained uh, some attention for himself and not the good kind. So after key pieces of evidence emerged, a picture of the killer and a recording of his voice taken by Libby German on her phone, well, and Logan appeared on Inside Edition to claim he didn't recognize the person or the voice from anyone he'd seen on his property. But his ex-girlfriend, a woman by the name of Connie Dillman, now claims that there is no doubt that that is Logan in those clips. And she said she insists to authorities her ex is the killer. She states quite emphatically, that's your voice. She said of Logan, I heard the voice down the hill thousands of times. It's Ron Logan, according to her. Now, Dillman said that she began her six-year relationship with Logan after they met in the local Delphi bar, and they apparently quickly bonded over some common interests. But she said their relationship went um, south before long, and um, he became very 
controlling and possessive of her everyday life and apparently was treating her like a sex tool. Her words, not mine. She said that when she didn't want to have sex, he forced me to it. She was helpless. She also claimed that one time she tried to leave that he uh, struck her across the head with a wrench where she had to receive seven stitches. Now, it's alleged that shortly after ending their relationship, the murder of the two teen girls rocked the Delphi community and made national headlines leading to Dillman to be sure her former lover was the killer when she saw him on TV. Now, there's also been some text messages that were leaked online from someone at the crime scene. Now, according to the people who produced this documentary, they say that they've been shared by Abby's uncle, a guy by the name of David Erskine. The text read, me and my other sister's boyfriend are, are the ones who found the girls Tuesday. Coroner's report stated everything was over by 3.30. No rape. Abby was dressed. Libby was nude. Libby's top half was covered with leaves and sticks and almost like they were trying to cover her. The only DNA would be from Libby's fingernails. She fought like hell. Whoever did it targeted Libby for sure and knew what they were doing with Abby. It was personal with Libby. An expert in the case added that there was a talk of Libby almost being decapitated, which looks like it was done out of rage. Now, there's also been information related to Alan's arrest, where one of the neighbors saw police digging in his yard to exhume his family's dead cat. The hair from the cat proved to be a match to samples found on one of the victims. Now, that report apparently revealed to investigators were looking into whether the girls were victims of a botched kidnapping plot by a local pedophilia ring. Sources close to the investigation claimed that Allen was acting with at least two other men and was involved in a child sex ring. And the Carroll County prosecutor, Nicholas McClellan, has openly stated that he believes Allen is not the only actor involved in this case. So for those of you who've been following this case like we have, absolutely nothing really new. But when everybody starts regurgitating all of the stuff that we've been talking about for years, I guess it looks like news. So we have to talk about it. Well, we will talk about it. Next, Lori Vallow goes to court. That's right. The infamous child killer, Lori Vallow, appeared in a Maricopa County courtroom this morning and uh, she asked not to be at the next hearing. So as we all know, or you may know, Lori Vallow is charged in Arizona with two counts of conspiracy to commit murder in relation to the death of her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, and her former nephew-in-law, Brandon Boudreaux. She's pled not guilty to all the charges and has requested a jury trial. She was supposed to start trial next month, but the prosecutor asked that the case be declared complex. So today was the hearing on the motion for complexity. It lasted about five minutes, apparently. A large amount of discovery has been disclosed, according to the prosecutor, some 88,000 pages of discovery. And the judge noted that it may take uh, everybody some time to get through that. Now, one of uh, Lori Vallow's attorneys responded that uh, it would take time and the defense team is waiting on, wait for it, 20 terabytes of data to be turned over. Well, the judge set another status hearing for April 24th, and Ms. Daybell requested to waive her presence at that hearing. 
Like I said, her trial is currently set to begin on August 1st, but it's probably pretty unlikely that that's going to take place. Now, if we uh, jump back over to Chad DeBell's case, he has court Thursday, tomorrow in Fremont County for another pretrial conference. And remember, jury trial is supposed to begin, the jury selection process is supposed to begin on April 1st in Ada County. Next, Ruby Frankie. That's right. She's going to get a little of what she was given to her kids. The YouTube mommy blogger, or former blogger, I should say, Ruby Frankie was crying in court as she was told that she will serve up to 30 years in prison for brutally abusing two of her own children in what has been described as a concentration camp-like setting. Now, Frankie pled guilty last year to four counts of child abuse after one of her young children escaped and alerted a neighbor to their torture. She was sentenced to between 1 to 15 years in prison for each count, up to 60 years in total. She will serve her sentence in the Utah State Prison. Now, Frankie, who has six kids in total, broke down while she was speaking in court. She apologized to her little chicks and told the judge she was willing to serve her time. Now, on Tuesday, Frankie's business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, was given the same sentence. Now, the mom influencer became an internet um, sensation, apparently, uh, thanks to her channel, um, Eight Passengers, where millions of viewers watched how she and her then-husband, Kevin Frankie, raised and disciplined their six children. But last year came the claims that uh, Frankie, a Mormon, had spent years abusing her children. Frankie was arrested alongside her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, and the pair pled guilty in December. Now, the district attorney prosecuting the case has stated that the actions of Frankie and Hildebrandt amounted to some of the worst child abuse he had seen in nearly 30 years of prosecuting. Mm, It's all relative, but I get it, serious stuff. It has been alleged, and what the two pled guilty to was that for over three months, the two children, ages nine and 11, and then 12, were held by their mother and her business partner in this concentration camp style setting. They were regularly denied food, water, bed to sleep in, and virtually all forms of entertainment. They were also prohibited from interacting with others and were hidden in the home when people came to visit. The prosecutor noted that the children were forced to do manual labor outdoors in the extreme summer heat without shoes or socks. Then apparently they were beaten and the 12-year-old had his hands bound together uh, and his feet as well after he attempted to run away. Well, Judge Watson let the uh, partners, Hildebrandt and Frankie, know during their sentencing saying that uh, their philosophy in dealing with them, frankly, seems detached from reality by any objective standard or decency or even common sense. The judge said to the two defendants, Your conduct in this case was disastrous. Adults are supposed to protect children. You didn't do that in this case. In this case, you terrorized the children, and the results have been tragic. What do I say? Does that sound familiar? Something like we've said in Crime Talk before? That's right. You go in child abuse cases, your job is to protect the children, not harm them. Anyway, prior to sentencing, Frankie had directed uh, all the blame towards Miss Hildebrandt. 
yes, I guess sometimes uh, things aren't always perfect in uh, YouTube land, apparently. Next on the docket, more prosecutors are having some trouble as a result of their work on the Barry Morphew case. Two attorneys involved in the prosecution of Barry Morphew, the man who was accused of allegedly killing his wife, Suzanne Morphew, uh, is alleging that the prosecutors engaged in misconduct when they withheld evidence and investigated the judge after they gave the prosecution unfavorable rulings. Now, a complaint was filed last week by the Supreme Court, the Office of Attorney Regulation, that's the people that punish attorneys, um, say that uh, prosecutor Mark Hurlbert and Robert Weiner schemed with their boss, District Attorney Linda Stanley, to go after the trial judge, Ramsey Lama, who had ruled against them for not submitting evidence and information about experts they were planning to use at trial to the defense in a timely manner as required by the rules. So apparently the text at issue is a March 12, 2022 text, and Stanley texted the Morphew prosecution team, which included Weiner and Herbert, about a change.org petition started by true crime podcaster Julie Wolf titled Help Give Susan Her Voice. Now, where Wolf claimed Lama's ex-wife is an advocate of Suzanne Morphew and victim of domestic abuse and also attended the same gym as Barry Morphew. Hurlbert allegedly responded to Stanley's text saying he was thinking about filing a motion asking to have the judge recuse himself, thinking that he's obviously biased. Weiner reportedly texted back, holy crap, yes, let's go after him. He should have disclosed this. We need to confirm this ASAP. Weiner also said they should pull Lama's divorce case. Now, Stanley said she had heard a rumor, apparently, about Lama's uh, alleged domestic abuse long before Barry Morphew, according to the complaint. But it could definitely explain why he hates us so much. Stanley texted her team while acknowledging she's not sure whether the rumor was true and that anyone could start a change.org petition. Now, the complaint from attorney regulation against the attorneys, Stanley, Hurlbert, and Weiner, went to have the DA's office investigator interview Lama's ex-wife. The investigator spoke with the ex-wife, who said that Lama never mentioned the Morphew case to her, and there was never any domestic abuse in their relationship. And the prosecutors in April of 2022, obviously, as you now know, dismissed the case against Barry Morphew. And, oh, remember they also said when they were doing that back in 2022 that by next spring they would know exactly where Suzanne Morphew's body was, but the snow was so thick. Yeah, didn't quite work out that way either. Apparently they didn't know exactly what they thought they knew. Anyway, the investigation into Judge Lama violated the rules of professional conduct, which prohibits a lawyer from engaging in conduct that is prejudicial to the administration of justice, the complaint alleges. Now, Weiner and Hurlbert participated in the investigation, despite having no credible source of suspecting that Judge Lama had physically abused his ex-wife. The complaint also alleges that Weiner and Hurlbert failed to disclose and uh, properly vet expert testimony 
prosecutors have uh, previously been accused of withholding exculpatory DNA evidence in that case. Now, the Attorney Regulation Office requested that the Supreme Court discipline the attorneys for the alleged violations. In December, the Colorado Supreme Court upheld a lower court's decision to discipline Stanley's office for discovery disclosure issues, and uh, Stanley is also under investigation as well. As I noted, Suzanne Morphew's uh, body was found in September, and prosecutors have yet to refile any charges. And Barry Morphew has maintained his innocence and filed a civil rights lawsuit against police prosecutors as well, claiming the unlawful arrest. Now, I've only dealt with Mark Hurlburt once or twice. So that's when I think he was still the district attorney up in Eagle County. And I believe he also had some initial involvement in or was the original DA in the prosecution of Kobe Bryant when he was charged in Eagle County. Bob Weiner, I've handled many cases with him over the years. And frankly, obviously, we give everybody the presumption of innocence. But my experience with Bob Weiner has always been one where he was totally above board. And to say that I would be a little more uh, than shocked or surprised by uh, those allegations um, would be an understatement. I'm very shocked. I've had lots of interactions with him. Uh, I always found him to be a very straight shooter, very honest. Uh, but sometimes when you get that big case, I guess, you never know what you're going to do. Anyway, we'll give him the presumption of innocence and uh, we'll see what happens to those three prosecutors. Next on the docket, our dumb criminal of the day. A Tennessee mom has been arrested after posting photos of her, wait for it, five-year-old daughter helping her give semi-naked women bikini waxes. Now, the beautician is Jasmine Moss, and she was arrested on Monday and charged with child neglect and child abuse after the police received several complaints about the photos of these body waxes on her professional Instagram page. They showed a young girl working on uh, women naked from the waist down, including one uh, leaning back with her legs spread as the girl appeared to work on her private areas. Another photo showed the youngster wearing gloves while working on the prone woman's naked crotch. In her post that's since been deleted, Moss claimed her daughter worked on 24 clients over about eight hours. As the photo began to spread online last Thursday, the Memphis Police Department started to receive complaints about the child being exposed to naked women and people saying that uh, they should not share the screenshot anymore. Of course, when something like this happens, everybody's an expert, but anestheticians are saying that it is beyond inappropriate and waxing is too dangerous for a young child because apparently you can burn yourself. Having never received a wax, I didn't know you could burn yourself because I thought they were like pulling the hair off with uh, tape or something to that effect. I don't know. Anyway, Miss Moss was released on her own recognizance following her appearance in court this morning, and the uh, Memphis Police Department is continuing their investigation with the uh, Child Protective Service uh, Organization there in Tennessee. Anyway, Miss Moss, I guess it's always good to instill a strong work ethic in your kids at a young age, although I'm not sure that that's necessarily the right place to do it. And I guess if you were going to do it, you probably shouldn't post it online. 
you know, we've always said don't live stream the crime scene. But listen, if it just doesn't feel right, you probably don't want to make photos of it. Just saying. Anyway, Miss Moss, you are a dumb criminal of the day. I want to thank everybody for watching. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk. And remember, yes, the Constitution matters. Mm -hmm.